All right. So some questions submitted. Um, now the first one is this: When Jesus was tempted by Satan, all right. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, was it a different kind of temptation from what we face? Remember, the Lord was tempted. Um, on the mountain and Satan tempted him very hard, right? So this person asked, is it the same temptation as what we face? Now, so the person said, according to Hebrews 4.15. Well, actually, we'll just, we'll just visit it directly. Now, um, let's turn to James chapter 1 verse 13. All right, so the person asked James about James chapter 1 verse 13. Okay, James chapter 1. Are we there? Now let us read together. One, two, reading. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Alright, so the person says, based on this verse, um, God cannot be tempted with evil. So if God cannot be tempted with evil, is it the same temptation that he, what he faced? Is it the same as ours? So do you understand the question? Alright, young ones, do you understand the question? The Bible says Jesus cannot be, God cannot be tempted with evil. So is it, when we, when we are tempted, is it the same kind of temptation? Hmm? Okay, so what do you think? Ilim, what do you think? Is the same or not the same? It's the same. Why do you say it's the same? But here the Bible says he cannot be tempted with evil. So it must be different. We get tempted with evil. Jesus did not get tempted with evil. Why do you think it's the same? Must it be the same? Not sure. Or maybe ask some adults. Ignatius, what do you think? Is it the same? Must it be the same? Can be a question. Okay. <laughs> this time you clarify, you just came in, is it? Now, so the person asks, based on James chapter 1, verse 13, which we read, the Bible says God cannot be tempted with evil. Hmm? God cannot be tempted with evil. So the person asks, so does it mean Jesus' temptations were different from um, our temptations? Uh, no. Not the same. No, I think they were the same. They were the same. But his cannot be tempted with evil. So he did not get tempted with evil, but we get tempted with evil. I think it's a good question. Sam, what do you think? Do you think it's the same? Not sure. But do you think, Sam, do you think it must be the same? It should be the same. Not sure. Not sure also. Alright, now, um, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15. Alright. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Okay, maybe I'll ask some more adults. Ah. Okay, Howard, do you think it must be the same? It can be different, but in what sense? I think different people got different 
Okay, different weaknesses. So maybe he was tempted with different ones. Okay, let's see if if that is true. Moray, what do you think? Must it be the same? I think the temptation in in regarding to the result, I think the uh, Satan always tempted people to sin. But I think Jesus was tempted probably on the position of a human. Tempted in the position of a human. God, Satan wants to tempt everybody to sin, and this verse is about Satan temp- tempting Jesus as a human. So, is it the same or not the same? Must it be the same? Must be the same. Okay, all right. So let's see what scriptures say. All right. So we're all guessing. We're all guessing. So he, uh, let let us read Hebrews chapter four, verse fifteen. Shall we read Hebrews four fifteen? One, two, reading. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was on in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Alright, so now I come back to Elim. Uh, okay, Chloe, why don't you try, right? We just read the scripture. So the Bible says, how was Jesus tempted? Every way or just some ways? Every way, so I'm trying to encourage you to read the Bible yourself, alright? So you find the answers yourself. Is it every way or only some ways? He was tempted in what? You know, help your cousin? Wait, no. No, okay. Jesse, that's Jesse. Jesse. Was Jesus tempted in some ways or always? Every way. Wow. I think it's How? Why you say all? 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 Because in the Bible Very good. So I hope you all pay attention when you read the Bible. The Bible says, he was, alright Chloe, he was, but was in all points. All points. All points tempted, right? All points tempted like how? Like as we are. So the question to, the answer to the question, was Jesus' temptation same as ours? It says, as we are, correct? So it must be the same. And is it only some? No, it is all points. Every temptation that man faced, Christ faced. Okay, Brenda, why must it be the same? Why must Christ's temptation and our temptation be the same? Very good. So that he can, well, you say bear all our sins, rather, he can fulfill all what? Fulfill all what? Fulfill all? Noah. Jesus must fulfill all what? You won't find it there. You won't find it in the verse. There's another verse. Christ must be tempted at all points and then he will fulfill all? All prophecies. All, Brent, eh? no, Jesslyn, fulfill all. Now this is very important because it has to do with your, with your salvation. Eh? Fulfill all righteousness, right, Jesus? Now why? All right, this is you. All right, this is you. Um, 
Okay, Caleb. Do you believe in Jesus? All oh, right, maybe this way. Caleb, if you were to die today, will you stand in front of God and go to heaven? Be allowed to enter into heaven? Yes. Why? Huh? What do you mean? All right, so if you were to die now and your soul stands in front of God, will God allow you to enter into heaven? Be with Him? Yes, why? Because He gave you salvation. How come when you stand before God, maybe I put it this way, Shama, are you perfect without sin? No, right? But yet, Shama knows, Shama, when you die, when you stand before God, because God gave you salvation, you will go to heaven, correct? Now, why? Why? When God looks at you, when God looks at you, what does God see? Enoch. Sees Enoch. Okay. <laughs> what does God see? Uh, all right, Colin. What does God see when He looks at you? He says, okay, enter. Very good. He sees Christ. Christ, righteousness, right? Now, why is it that when God sees you, He sees Christ's righteousness? Why? And how do you know? Okay, let's turn to Revelation first. Huh? Make sure that you, you do understand. Revelation 19 verse 7. Let's turn to Revelation 19 verse 7. So, young ones, I hope you will fully understand your salvation and what Christ did for you and love Him. Alright, what did I say? Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Um, now, verse 7. Let us read verse 7 and 8. Shall we read together? Let us be glad and rejoice and give honour to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the linen is the righteousness of saints. Now, how did the saints get this righteousness? How do believers, which are saints, get this righteousness that when God sees all the saints, they are all clothed in white linen? White, you know, clean. Can't draw white, right? but it's white. White. How? Because Christ puts His righteousness on us, right? We are clothed in His righteousness. Okay, so now in order for us to be clothed in Christ's righteousness, then He must fulfill all righteousness for us, correct? Now in order for Him to fulfill all righteousness for us, it means that Christ must go through all the same temptation, and then in every single one of the temptation for every one of us, he passed, correct? He passed, then he's without sin. Then he can, the Bible says impute, means he give to you that righteousness which he obeyed on your behalf, perfectly, correct? So, Caleb, when you stand in front of God, the reason why God will say come into heaven is because God will not see your sin because God will see you in Christ's righteousness. Alright? Because are you perfect on earth? Then how come you're not perfect but when you go to heaven, you can go into heaven? Can imperfect humans go to heaven? Sinful humans? Still with sin on their body? 
unless they are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Okay? Now, because of that, that's why the Bible says, let's turn back to Hebrews. Let's turn back to Hebrews. Chapter 4, verse 15. Okay, now we read verse uh, verse 15 and 16 together. Shall we read together? 1, 2, reading. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was within all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, Now, therefore, because of that, let's read verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Can a person go to God, to His throne of grace, go stand before God and say, God, can you please hear me? A person cannot unless the person is clothed in the righteousness of Christ, right? That's how always we pray. I hope young children, when you pray, Phoebe, when you start praying, what do you start praying with? Do you ask God to forgive you of your sins? Yes, we ask God to forgive us and ask God to clothe us in Christ's righteousness. Use the blood of Christ to wash away our sins, right? Then, because of Christ, we can come to His throne of grace. We can pray. Cornelius, why can you come to God and pray? Because we are clothed in Christ's righteousness. That's why you can come before the throne. And the Bible says you can come, come how? Come boldly, right? Boldly means you have no fear. Because Christ is your righteousness. That's why you can come. Understand how you're saved? Understand how you're saved? Right? It's not by your righteousness. Caleb, do you have righteousness? Oh, I have full righteousness. I can go to heaven. Do you have? No. So you need to depend on whose righteousness? God's righteousness. Alright? Very good. Now, so, then why must he be tempted at all points? What do you think? Because every single sin that you will face and you will commit, Christ fulfilled it perfectly for you. We will fall. But He can impute that righteousness to you. Okay? Now, so will it be only certain people? But you see, He says, but... So Howard is right. Howard is correct. We all have different temptations. What is your temptation, Noah? No temptation. What was the thing that is your weakness? Sleeping. Playing computer games? Just do stuff and waste our time. Different people. Alright? Some others not interested in computers. Maybe some others is maybe watching TV excessively. Bad TV programs. Waste time. Right? Some maybe they love money. So they're tempted by money. So different. Okay, let me ask you. Uh, Phoebe. You want a lot of money? Hey, Phoebe, sorry. Phoebe, you want a lot of money? She's not interested. Children at this age, not interested in money. What do you like a lot of? Cakes? <laughs> Maybe? Now, at different age, at different stage, and for different people, we are tempted by different things. Different people have different weaknesses. And Christ has to be tempted at all points. At all points. Even as we are. Alright, so I hope I answered that question, but we still haven't answered this question. So, what does it mean? What does it mean? 
Um, God cannot be tempted with evil. Let's turn to James chapter 1 verse 13. So the person said, based on this, I thought it was different. James chapter 1 verse 13. Okay, maybe now I try the adults. James chapter 1 verse 13. Okay, let's read together. James 1 13 reading. Let no man say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. How? But here you see, God cannot be tempted with evil. But yet we just read, God must be tempted with all kinds of evil that we will face, correct? So now I say, God cannot be tempted with evil. Looks like Satan did not tempt God with evil. Is that what he's saying? Sing yin. What do you mean it means? Don't know. Too complicated. Actually, those who had dinner with me at the table one night, we were talking about this. Let me try to recall who was at the table. Ignatius. No, you were not there. Susan, you were there. Yes. Okay, no wonder you look down. Every time you look down, I ask. Once you look down, I ask. God cannot be tempted with evil. What does it mean? Say again. Very good. Okay, some of you can't hear that. I'll repeat. Now, this is you. This is you. Okay? Okay, girl also. So that, girl and boy. Now, Satan comes and tempts you. Alright, I don't know how Satan looks like, but people like to draw it like that. I think he's far more evil looking. Satan comes and tempts you. Alright, so tempt, 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 alright? Tempt, 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 tempt. Keep tempting you. Um, why does Satan tempt you? Uh, um, Emberly, why does Satan tempt you? So that you sin. So when Satan tempts you, Satan wants you to sin. Satan wants you to sin. Satan so says sin, sin. So Satan tempts you. Okay. So listen carefully, yeah. Alex. It's temptation from God. <coughs> wow, I have to think very carefully now. It's temptation from God. Yes. So you said God tempt you to sin. When you sin, it is you who want to sin. So is temptation is all temptations from God. Okay, don't always blame God, right? We love certain things and we just tempt ourselves by going out to do it, alright? But are temptations from God? That's a question. Faith. Huh? Force. Say again. Force. Are temptations from God? Yes. Well, you also, yes. How come you're theologically so strong? 
Now, how do you know that? So you got the proof. Well, um, I think God like positioned guidance to test me. Something like that. So God allows temptation to run out of colors. Hey, who's the class monitor? Huh? Ignatius, isn't that you? <laughs> Alright. Still same color. So you use the word what? Uh, well, God test. Test, alright? So we have many words. God used test. Now how do you know? Let's turn to James. So James explained. Turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Okay, thank you. James chapter 1. Now let us read verse 2. Alright, let's let us read verse 2. 1, 2 reading. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy. And the word diverse means every kind. Alright, the Greek word for diverse means every possible kind. Every possible variety. Everything that you can think of. So God says, count it all joy when you fall into every kind, any kind of temptation. Hmm? Now, if isn't temptation bad? Just isn't temptation evil? But yet God says, Come, join up. You see, God, temptation, yay, celebrate. Let's, let's, let's call everyone to celebrate. Why does God say that? Temptation is only bad if you decide to sin. But if you choose to obey God, then it is good. Right? Now, let us read further. God explains this. Why does God allow any kind of temptation? Any kind. Verse 3. Let's read together. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing is not you don't want anything. Huh? Wanting nothing is you're, you're not short of anything. So God wants the Christian to be spiritually short of nothing. Spiritually mature. Okay? Nothing short, not, nothing short in your spiritual walk. And God says that when you face temptation, be joyful. Why? Because knowing this, it is the trying of your faith. Like faith mentioned. Faith, it is the test of your faith. Okay. It's a test of faith. God already said it's the trying. All temptation. When you face the temptation to steal something, is it from God? No. But God says every temptation is from Him. That's why you can rejoice. If you're tempted to steal something, is it from God? Now, remember when Satan wanted to tempt Job. What happened? John. John who? What happened when Satan wanted to tempt Job? What happened in heaven? Anyone remember what happened in heaven? Okay, Howard nodding very high. What happened in heaven? Satan asked permission from God, right? Satan asked permission from God. Every temptation that you face, know this. God revealed what happened in heaven to show us, to let us know. Every temptation that you face, goes through God. Satan has to ask permission. Satan is, is it Satan today under the control of God? Satan is still under the control of the Almighty God. Satan asks, oh, he's like that, like that. 
But if you take away his riches, take away his health, then God says, I allow you to go and tempt him. Correct? Every temptation, God allows. Even temptation to curse God, God allows. But it is for what? It is for to make you sin. I repeat, I listen carefully. Does God, Noah, does God allow temptation into your life to make you sin? So God allows temptation into your life for what? To test you, to grow your what? Your sister's name. Grow your faith. Because scriptures say that. Look at, look at James chapter 1. My brain count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, any kind. Because I allowed it. I allowed it. But I want you to know that I allow it for what? Look at verse, four, verse 3. I allow it for the trying of your faith. For working patience, verse 4. And for the ultimate purpose in verse 4, that you will be entire, wanting nothing. Understand that. Now, if we did not have the passage of Job, we will never know that even this kind of temptation... Now, if you lose your job... Is it from God? From God. God allow it. Because like Job, all his riches taken away overnight, right? God allowed it, but God allowed it... Okay, I put it already out here. Please remember. God allow it is always to increase your faith. But what is Satan's purpose? Now, Caleb, or Shalomia. What is Satan's purpose? God allows it to build up our faith. It's always for our good. But Satan's purpose is always for... To cause you to sin. To cause you to sin. Understand that. So now we understand this passage. Now turn to James chapter 1 verse 13. So to the person who asked this question. Now God says, For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So verse 13. Huh? Now let's read the whole verse together. One, two reading. Let no man say when he's tempted... I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Now, if you do not understand scriptures, did chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 just say that? Did, it, did we not just realize that God says, every time, every time you face temptation, whatever it is, rejoice. The fact that God said rejoice means he allowed it, correct? But yet here, it said God does not tempt people. How do you explain that clock? One moment say, rejoice. When you face temptation, rejoice. I allowed it because I want to help you to grow, Claude. But at the same time, now you say, God does not tempt anyone. <laughs> Did God change his mind? No. Okay, I know the answer will be no. And I know you say no. But the question is why? Why one, one part God say, temptation, very good for your growth. Then next part, God does not tempt anyone. Does God, does God tempt people or not? Faith, you following the, the, the argument? Faith, you following the argument? Quite difficult. That's why I asked the adults. <laughs> what? God does not tempt people. Next moment, say God tempts people. And we know God does. Because God in heaven say, Okay, go tempt. I allow you. Go tempt Job. The answer lies in, God allows temptation to grow our faith. Satan tempts us to cause us to sin. So does God tempt people or not? God tempts people to to, to draw them to 
right? To build up their faith, all right? In fact, this word temptation, test and all, they're very similar. So God allows temptation for our good, for our growth. But Satan attempts temptation for our sinning, right? So when the Bible in verse 13 says, God does not tempt any man. is God does not tempt any man to sin. Understand? I repeat, uh, God does not tempt you for the purpose of wanting you to sin. God allows temptation for you to grow. That's why every Christian, when you face temptation, God says rejoice. Why rejoice? Because it is faith-building time. Understand that. Do not fail God. And you, you, you can... Don't fail God. Because God says, through Him I can do all things, right? You can resist the temptation. And in your understanding, God is, has allowed this. God caused you to lose your job. God does not tempt me to sin. So... I lost my job, I take a sinful job. Did God tempt me to take a sinful job? Did God make me lose my job to take a sinful job? Never. God says, I allow you to lose your job because now you live by faith and trust me day by day. I will help you. You do not go do something sinful. Alright? Or for example, can you think of any other example? Alright, so i answer your question. Does God tempt men to sin? No. Correct. Does God tempt men? Yes. God tests men. Alright? So, what other temptation can you think of? That is for your good? Okay. So, you didn't study for your exam. Alright, students? You didn't study for your exam. And then, your friend says, Veronica, I got the exam answers. Do you want it? <laughs> Alright. No. You didn't study? Well, God allowed the temptation. God allowed the person in Veronica's class to find the, find the answers. God allowed the person in Veronica's class to walk up to Veronica. God allowed it. Remember that. Nothing happens outside God's control. Huh? God is like, oh no, oh no, oh no, the person is going to Veronica. Nothing is outside God's control. God allows that and when God and when gives it to you, God is now testing you. Will I trust God? Should I not sin at all and I just trust God? I do my best and I trust in God. Some of you experience that. Uh, Emily, hey, Emily. Oh, Jennifer, don't go for prayer meeting, Jennifer. Don't go for Bible study. Exam is here. Don't. Study harder. Right? Your friends come and tell you that. And then you go. You say, no, the temptation is to draw me away from God. I still want to study God's word. I want to grow. I want to come and pray for the church, pray for each other. God calls me for the assembling of ourselves, right? So I will obey God. Do you experience, students, that because you do that, you actually did not suffer in your results? Right? Working person, the same, right? God used that to grow our faith. Now, because you obeyed God in that temptation, the next time the tempta another temptation comes, you say, I experience and I remember God is faithful, correct? And then you just obey. I remember one father shared, was given a permanent job, but was a sinful job. And this father has been, has been on contract job for years and years and years. You know, to get a permanent job, your salary increases, job security, everything is good. Health, health coverage, everything is good. But because it will cause the person to do something sinful, the father just said, I remember that every time I obey God, 
He has never failed me before. You see, he has had many temptations. He has many tests. But every time he obeys, his faith grows, right? The next time he comes, he just knows God is faithful. But Satan will want you to sin. So when you sin, now look at the Bible now. Now you understand this verse. Let's read together. Uh, chapter 1, now verse 13. Let's read together. 1, 2, 3. Let no man say that when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Full stop. Let no man say, listen, let no one in this room say that when I am tempted to sin, I am tempted of God. I repeat, uh, can you look at your Bibles carefully? Let no one say that when I am tempted to sin, it is God that tempts me to sin. Understand that? God never ever tempt you to sin. Let no man say that when I'm tempted to sin, let no man say, oh, yeah, God make me, God make me uh, lose this. Now I have to go and steal. Let no man say God is the one who tempted me to steal. Okay, let no man say that. Then you read the second part. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he with any man. Now what is this saying? Can God be tempted to sin? God cannot be tempted with evil. God cannot be tempted with the desire to sin. Because God is perfect. Why can you be tempted to sin? Because we have the fallen nature, right? By, by default of the fallen nature, we will want to sin. Right? God is perfect. God Himself... Now, God has free will too, right? God can be tempted to sin. But God will not be tempted. God cannot be tempted with the evil of desiring to sin. God is perfect. Okay, so God came to live that perfect life for you. Jesus Christ, if he fail, if he choose to sin, then our salvation is over. Understand that. But every single point that, that Satan will tempt humankind with, Satan will throw at Christ. But yet, God will not sin. Okay, so God cannot be tempted. Um, with evil, God cannot be tempted to desire to sin and go and sin, unlike us, because of our fallen nature. Because God knows that, that's why God must come. Understand that? I say again, uh, Faith, uh, Jesse, can you not sin for the rest of your life? Never ever, right? Because God knows that you can be tempted with evil, you can fall, therefore God must come and Obey on your behalf, correct? Obey every single point. Alright? Now, so when God says he cannot be tempted with evil, it's not that he's tempted with different kind of temptations. He's tempted with every same kind. Understand that? Okay? Answer your question? I hope so. Now, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to you? Knowing that Jesus came and he lived perfectly with Caleb in mind. Caleb will fall in sin. Every single temptation I will fulfill, I will obey God the Father so that Caleb will have perfect righteousness. How must you, what must you make, what must that make you feel towards Jesus? Uh, too difficult. Yeah. yeah, too difficult. How must you make you feel, Sing Yuan? How must make make you feel towards Jesus? And towards sin. No feeling. 
Okay, I'll give you an example. Maybe ask an adult. How much it, how does it what does it make you feel, May, towards Jesus? Very grateful, right? Now you understand your salvation that Christ was tempted at all points. You see it differently. Every single sin that you will sin, He has you in mind, I will I will I will make sure that I'll fulfill God's perfect righteousness to clothe me, to clothe you. So Sing Yuan, you know your parents, they work very hard to take care of you, right? Every time your dad goes to work, he just remember, I must make sure that I provide for Sing Yuan and Sing Yun and Brenda and they will finish their education. Everything they do, they do because of you, right? How does that make you feel towards them? Now when you understand Christ was tempted at all points, yet without sin. For who? For himself? He don't need salvation. He don't need saving, right? It is purely for you, his obedience. Then we must love him. So how must you look at sin now, Samuel? Sam? We say, well, Christ, make sure he don't sin all those sins. And because of those sins, he was crucified on the cross because of me. How, when you want to commit those sins, how, how would you look at those sins now? Do you look at it differently? Now you say, do you still want these things? No, right? Now if you know something that caused your parents to suffer, how would you feel? You say, I do not want this anymore. I remember how my parents suffered because of it. Okay, so this understanding all this must make you love your Savior more. Okay, so I hope you understand your salvation very clearly. Uh, final question, Shalomia. Must... Do you obey God's commandments in order to go to heaven? Can you obey Him perfectly and go to heaven? Is it possible for human? No. And Christ came to make sure that He gives you His righteousness. Alright, that is how you are saved. Okay? Alright, so that is one question. Okay. So tempted the same. See the same temptation. In fact, I would say not the same in the sense at all points. Much more severe. Because Satan knows if he can cause Satan uh, cross Christ to sin, salvation is over. Correct? So his temptation will be far more severe. Um, okay, so now this other question. Are genes allowed on Sundays? Are jeans allowed on Sunday? Whose name is Jean? <laughs> Cannot come to church on Sunday. Nah. Are jeans allowed on Sunday? You know what jeans are? Huh? Elisha, what is jeans? Do you know? No, alright, jeans. Jeans. Alright, the kind of trousers. I'm not good at drawing trousers. I don't know. Uh, like that. Then got buttons here, buttons here. Alright. Jeans. Alright, jeans. Jeans. Normally, we what color? Normally, blue. Wow, so smart. Okay. Normally, okay. Normally, blue. Huh? Normally, yeah. Uh, normally. So, are jeans allowed on Sundays? What do you think? Shenwe, what do you think? You asked the question. <laughs> you ask because you don't know. Alright, very smart girl. <laughs> ask because you don't know. What do you think? Jennifer. Uh, Anna, you're hiding there. 
Anna, are jeans allowed on Sunday? Should we wear jeans to church on Sunday? I think they are allowed. Alright, so if you wore jeans to church on Sunday, I should not have a skirt ready for you and say, wear this and change. As long as they don't as long as they don't have holes. <laughs> as long as they don't have holes. Why? Because the holes one are what? The holes one are more expensive. <laughs> as long as they don't have holes. Now this question is always asked and there are many people who argue about this. I think the best way to answer this is to ask why in the first place does this question should people wear jeans to church? Well, young ones, no, have you heard before people arguing should not wear jeans to church? Have you heard of that before? No. Alright, so maybe the older ones you've been to churches like that. So why, are, why is there this argument in the very first place? Why? Now, so we have to go back to history. Now, the jeans is, is, um, is invented by who? Anyone knows? The jeans invented by? By who? Alice. Yeah. By who? Nancy. Don't know. Huh? Say again. By? By who? Oh, the jeans invited by the Levitical priesthood. Ah. Right? The Levites. Ah. Levites. Oh, it's, it's from the Bible. Right? We should wear it. It's from the Bible. Okay, there is... Yeah, you're right. Now, there's this... This man, Levi Strauss, right? Levi Strauss. He's, at least I don't think he's from the Levitic, Levitical uh, line. Uh. Levi Strauss, right? Levi Strauss. Alright, Levi Strauss. And S-T-R-A-U-S-S, -S, I think. Levi Strauss. Now, let me check. Now, there's another person involved as well. Where's this jeans? Um, there's another person involved. forget his name. Now, so two of them, and it got patented, and then it's, it got patented under his name, Levi Strauss. Have you all heard of Levi's jeans? Huh? Levi's jeans, and I think the standard is the back pocket, right? The back pocket is like that one. Huh? The design or something like that. Okay, Levi Strauss. So, they invented this, this material, and yes, you're right, at the time, especially blue color, they made it, and it's uh, for... Um, especially the cowboys, you know cowboys? Cowboys, they do a lot of um, horse riding, they work on the ranch, so they need something very thick. They wear this kind of material, it will tear easily, right? So they came up with this material called the denim, right? Denim. Denim, and blue color, and they made this, this, this thing called, and from there onwards it was called jeans. Jeans, alright? Jeans. Now, but why people are against that? Why in church history people began to say, no, don't wear jeans to church? Now, because at that time when this came out, it was a work material, work clothes, okay? Thick work clothes. But the young people at that time began to adopt it 
and wear it. So they're not cowboys, they're not working on the farm, but they all start to, to wear it as a fashion item. Okay? They say, wow, all these people wear that. We also want to wear that. Okay? Now, what's wrong with that? The problem is it was adopted by the young people then that had a... They adopted it and they wanted to wear it as a distinctive subculture. You know a subculture? What is subculture? Those that go subway and eat subways, it's not that. <laughs> right, it's not that. Subculture means there is a culture in society, but these sub subcultures by social uh, socialist, uh, not socialist, by definition of uh, in society, it is a culture that seeks to deviate, huh? seeks to rebel against the normal culture. Hmm? So it was adopted by the greaser culture. Greaser, you know. Huh? Uh, some of you already know. You remember that the people they wear their hair with a lot of grease. <laughs> I think I don't know, but it's called the greaser culture. All right, the 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 forties, fifties, sixties at that time. So the young people wore it as a sign of rebellion to society. Understand that? They wear it as a. We, this is our subculture. We, are, we want to deviate, we want to rebel against mainstream. So they were typically the bikies, bikies, uh, bike, you know, bikies. Not today's those rights, bicycle, the Harley Davidson bikies, very loud, that kind. Gangsters, gangsters, um, the low, the low um, society people that are, that are in this very rebellious culture. All right, so from cowboy farm clothes, it became a subculture clothes. So when you wear that, you're identifying with a subculture. Understand that? Okay, because of that, then there was this argument in churches. Don't wear those because you are trying, at that time especially, it is a sign of, I rebel. I rebel. Okay? So because of that, there was this argument. Now, over time, the question is today. Today, is this subculture still dominant? Alright, some say no, some say yes. By and large, you will still see it typical among rock stars. When they perform at all, it's typically jeans. Alright? Um, so, is it so evil that we should not wear it? I think it's arguable. Alright? But definitely holds one. You're really trying to make a statement. Right? Is holes in clothes normal? It's subculture. Understand that? It's subculture. Okay? So, it's subculture. Um... Now, by and large, it's still associated with rock stars, typically, all right, rock stars. So, it's, there is this association still, maybe in some countries, not so strong. Now, but the thing is this, so if you wear jeans to church, ah, you wear jeans, right? <laughs> now, it's, sometimes you look why the person want to wear it, why is the person wearing it? But I want to ask this question. The other problem over time was, in this subculture was... Um, Casualness. Understand? These are old people always wear suits, wear long sleeve shirt, wear, wear, wear slacks. No, hey, look here, look here. I'm just saying example, alright? And then, so I, we are, the, we are the casual ones. See, we come to church in jeans. You have pastors advertise their church. You come to our church, you can wear anything, wear jeans. Why must they mention jeans? Because the understanding is jeans is casual. Understand? 
They advertise that. In our church, you can wear anything. Come in your jeans. Why they mention jeans? It's because it is casualness. Our church is not like those stuffy ones, huh? the pastor, this teen school, and also wear a suit. It's not a kind of stuffy one. We wear jeans. So the pastor will wear t-shirt, uh, wear jeans, and preach, right? So it is an idea of casualness. Casualness. Understand that? Casualness. Um, do you wear jeans when your CEO, okay, adults, you know a CEO? The top boss of the company, all right? The top boss of the company, would you, when he says, come and meet me um, for, for a meal, what would you typically wear? Jeans and collarless t-shirt and go meet him? Especially with holes one? Would you wear that? You will not. You would dress properly, right? Which young person, if you're honest, uh, Josiah, are you, oh no, not yet. Graduated, alright. Um, Sing Yun, would you go for a job interview in jeans? Why? It's always formal situation. Why is formal, but why don't you wear jeans? Jeans isn't formal. If we have that thinking of going for a job interview, meeting your big boss, why do we have the idea that jeans is okay for church? Now, I'm not saying uh, you wear jeans, you have broken the 11th commandment. <laughs> There's no such commandment. I'm not saying that. But if we have that thinking, how come when it comes to God, it's like that? I think it's usually, every week also see God, right? It's okay. Lah. You see God every week. Does it change that God is holy, pure, that we come before Him with the greatest reverence and respect? We dress properly. Now, I tell you, I dress properly not because I like the heat. It is part of the respect to the congregation. Right? Reverend Toh make a very good point and he always say, anyone who's preaching on a pulpit, dress properly. It's a sign of respect and reverence for the word, for God, and also to the people. You, do you go to someone's funeral dressed in your pajamas? <laughs> you don't learn, huh? You don't. Why? Because it's a funeral. Do, why do people wear black and formal suit? Why? Let me ask you, why? Susan, why? Why do you go there in, in multicolor and then, why? It's a sign of respect. It's a somber situation, right? Sign of respect. If we, have, if we accord all this to the things of the world, why would you want to come in something that today is still associated with casualness? That's my point. But I still want to say, this church has no policy that you wear jeans, you have sinned against God. But you think about why you choose. Why you choose to wear jeans. Alright? Now, now, when I was working, I shared this with some of you before, when I was working, our big competitor of my, my company is called IBM, the computer company, right? So HP, IBM, always fighting. When IBM came out with this idea, every Friday is, they call it dress down. What is dress down? Anna, what is dress down day? Wear down clothing. Duck feather. Right? No, dress down. Dress down means dress casual. Alright, they came up with the idea, dress down day. It was a very big thing around the world. It was a big management um, study around the world. Dress down day. So every Friday, employees come to, come to work, dress down. And of course, dress down means wear what? Not wear feather clothes. Huh? Dress down means wear jeans. So to them, Friday, you can come in jeans. Alright? Now, then, 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 then my company bought another company. 
uh, it's called Compact. Right, Compact Computers. And then I took over a whole bunch of engineers, and then they come and ask me, boss, how come uh, in HP, Friday not dress down? Because they adopted the dress down concept. Right? They adopted the IBM concept, dress down. Boss, how come Friday cannot wear jeans? Uh? You know, you bought us over, but we always wore jeans. Right? So I went to read up on this whole thing. And then I realized over time, even over time, IBM removed the dress down concept. They removed it. And they moved it back to normal dressing to work. Why? Why? Because management studies showed that when they came in dress down, over time, what else come down also? Everything. <laughs> work ethics. Because understand, this is a mentality. Understand that? It's an attitude. That's what the subculture is an attitude. Young people, you know attitude? Your parents say, wow, you have an attitude. Right? It's what is in you. What you want to be. So they began to realize that the people's work standards start to drop. Performance start to drop. And then they attributed people were just too casual. They came to work, it was just, just lazy. It's just like casual. It affected their work um, morals also. All right? So it is a subculture. So I will always say, if you don't dress like that to see your big boss, you are seeing the king of kings. Don't, don't, don't dress like just to be, just to show off. I say, I'm here to, dress, to meet the king of kings, then long flowing gown. <laughs> no need, right? Don't swing to extreme. Dress respectfully. Dress, how is respectfully? By the standards of the society, okay? By the standards of the society. You go to, in, you, you go to some poor country, all right? To them, formal could be just white shirt and then iron clothes, that's it, right? You don't have to go there with your suit, with your hat, with your three-piece and everything. Right? Then you become out of place. What is suitable for the society? If at the point of time, even in Perth, jeans is the idea of casualness, then, then the standard is be more reverential towards God. It affects, my point is, why bring up this? It affects your attitude towards God over time. That's what I'm saying. Alright? Now, I've said a lot of things, but we don't have time. Next time we come back, I want to show you from scriptures. Scriptures have many places in scriptures that talks about dressing. Is dressing unimportant to God? You'll be surprised how much God talks about dressing. From the priest to the ordinary men and women. God mentions it many times. God is concerned about dressing because we know dressing can change you. Do you agree dressing can change you? It changes you. Alright, that's all. We have time to answer. We'll come back with a scriptural basis the next time. Let us pray.